Welcome to Season 4 of Game Design Unboxed on the No Direction Network. Danielle Reynolds talks to tabletop game designers about the games they've made. Together, they unbox how the game went from inspiration to publication. Proudly sponsored by All Play. If you're looking for a board game table, bag, playmat, or great board games, check them out at letsallplay.com. Thank you for joining me, Danielle, for Game Design Unbox, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 70, Fossilis. Today we are joined by David Diaz, founder of Mesa Game Lab and designer of Fossilis by KTBG. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. For sure. And to start out, we always ask the big question of how did you get into the game design community? That's a good question. Uh, I always played games as a kid. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have, but uh, I, I clearly remember having stuff like uh, Hero Quest. Battle Masters, uh, the the original Fireball Island. I played that stuff a lot with my brother. Uh, at some point, I got out of it, um, and then back. I think it was around like 2011, 2012. I started watching like Will Wheaton's Tabletop, and that kind of got me back interested in it. And I'm pretty sure the first like hobby game after that I bought was I think it was Ticket to Ride. So it's kind of one of those usual gateway games. And yeah, from there, just again, you know, I'm sure it became an obsession. Yep. Uh, the, very, the, the very collection dark. started to grow. And yeah, after a couple of years, uh, so I was working in the, the visual effects industry and animation industry um, on like TVs and, and movies and stuff. And um, yeah, I'd been doing that for over a decade and I kind of felt like I needed a, a creative outlet that wasn't, you know, wasn't that, that wasn't the animation, that wasn't, um, you know, 10 people above me telling me what to do and how to do it. <laughs> so I thought, hey, you know what, let me let me try and design a, a board game. Um, I started going to ProtoTO, which was a, a great little like uh, prototype convention in Toronto and kind of, you know, went, I went, I think I'm pretty, I think I went once before I started designing a game just to see like, oh, what does it take? What do people do? How do they make them? And, um, and yeah, after that, I started designing this big like, it was super ambitious. It was a huge, like, uh, cybernetically enhanced, weaponized dinosaur battle game with, like, a modular board and all, all kind of, like, magnetic stuff. It was crazy. But I worked on that for a while. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't going... It was fun. It wasn't going anywhere. Um, yeah. But then uh, one day my wife just said to me, she's like, oh, our son, he was doing, uh, like, pretending to be a paleontologist in preschool or kindergarten today. And I was like, oh, that's good. And she's like, well, why don't you do a dinosaur game about that? Like something easier, like for kids. And that just kind of sparked uh, the idea for Fossilis. Oh, I think that's so cute. That's funny, well, that's, though, that you had already started out in kind of dinosaurs. So is this a thing that you and your child share? Uh, well, I mean, I was a huge dinosaur fanatic when I was a kid growing yeah. up like I I don't remember at what age but I had like the dinosaur blankets and the you know the the mm -hmm. the, the model T-Rexes and and like the little uh, like you know like uh, pterodactyl hanging from my ceiling and stuff like that um and like tons of books and then obviously I read Jurassic Park when I was in like fifth grade and the movie came out so it was always a, a topic I I loved um so I was kind of yeah what I, what I gravitated to when I was like, what, what kind of game or what kind of theme should I, should I design? Um, yeah. And it just so happened that, yeah, the second one was Jamie, my wife, Jamie knew I was, you know, designing a dinosaur game, but she's like, maybe try something simpler. <laughs> See if yeah. that'll work. And it did. <laughs> so oh, that's awesome. I, I have her to thank. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So then for anyone who hasn't played Fossilis, how do you play the game? 
So it's basically, uh, it's on this like 3D uh, raised board. It's, uh, it was designed uh, by Noah from Game Trees. Um, and there's a little recesses. It's like a five by five grid. And we've got all these little bones that are that you hide inside. Um, and and you're able to, to cover it, uh, mix it up. Uh, you place uh, two layers of these really nice kind of acrylic tiles, thinking of, you know, like uh, Azul kind of, that kind of uh, material. Uh, yeah. There's there are three colors basically: uh, sand, clay, and stone. And then yeah, you're you're you've got your little paleontologist meeples, and you're you're moving them over the board. You're digging by pushing the tiles against each other. Uh, there's you know there's a, a mechanic of like you know what what's strong enough to push each other. Like uh, obviously stone stronger than clay, clay stronger than sand. And you're pushing them off to to try and find the bones underneath, and different combinations of bones will let you uh, they kind of purchase uh, the dinosaur cards. So there's different combinations of the bones for each one of those. Um, you know, there's also there's icons on the tiles. So when you push them off, uh, you're gonna get those to keep, and you get to spend those uh, on different tools and supplies that will you know get you different uh, kind of. Uh, powers uh, that you can use during the game and uh, yeah that's pretty much and then at the end uh, you're kind of each dinosaur has different uh, categories of sets that it belongs to the first one is kind of uh, the type of dinosaur they are it's like uh, whether they're a herbivore or a carnivore uh, the second one is the type of dinosaur if they're a biped quadruped avian or aquatic and the third is the age kind of that they existed in the triassic jurassic or cretaceous and you're doing some set collecting with those as well and that's where you're going to get most of your scoring that's so awesome and for in the game because you are kind of pushing those tiles away to reveal these little i don't even know like holes (laughs) yeah yeah. hold the different bones do you ever have it where someone reveals and there's no bone or there is something that might come at you yeah during development we that was one kind of sticking point like you know during play testing i would just spread them out and obviously you know technically you could kind of look and see where things landed before you covered them with the tiles so when we were developing developing it with kids table uh, that was something we kept thinking about like oh how do we make this so it's randomized people don't see it uh so what i'm pretty sure it was it was josh and sean uh one of them are together they kind of came up with the idea of uh so you, you spread the bones in that's fine you see you cover it we have a uh the little um there's a board yeah and then you can shake the, it right yeah the scoreboard so yeah so there's a lid and there's kind of a uh a, a space between the lid and the and the base and you slide the scoreboard uh which on the other side has like a grid that matches what's below it. So then you can shake it and then you can remove the top and the, and the scoreboard is covering it. And then you place the tiles on that board. And then you have a little blocker that blocks all the tiles on one end and you pull the board out. So, and that's, it's always, it's a very satisfying setup for like, I don't know why it's just, I don't know if it's the sound that they make like as you pull that out, but I, there's, I always get a reaction a lot of times when, when I'm setting it up for, for first-time players. That must have been really cool. So when you were prototyping this game, what did the prototype look like? <laughs> yeah, the prototype was fun. I actually, I built, I raided my, my children's Lego collection, and I built it out of Lego, uh, so the, the base with the slots. Mm-hmm. And I needed, I needed something to, for the tiles. 
I remember at first I was thinking because one one of the one of the first like when my wife first mentioned, oh, you should you know uh, do a paleontology game. My first thought like, how do I simulate the digging? Because I'm like that sounds like a fun thing, like there's a discovery, you know, of these bones. Um, and at, at first I thought, oh, cardboard, but I kind of stacked a few cardboard tiles, and I'm like, yeah, pushing that doesn't feel good. They stick. There's friction. Um, but I'm uh, uh, I'm half Cuban from my father's side, and a big thing in, in Cuban households is dominoes, right? Like any barbecue I went to as yeah. a kid, all the old men, all the uncles, they just get together and play dominoes, and uh, they're always, you know, uh, mixing the tiles before the game. And I'm like, those would probably slide really well, but I'm like, but I need them to be square. And I ended up finding a game on Amazon. I think it was called Square Minnow. And it had these square dominoes. So I ordered like three oh, co- three copies of it <laughs> to get like, I don't know, a hundred tiles or however many. And uh, yeah, so I used those as the tiles and they were a perfect size for the Lego kind of that I built. And yeah, that was the, that was kind of the, the main prototype. And, and I'm happy that like that, that mechanism never changed. Like the, like from first inception, the, the board and pushing the tiles and like the, you know, the three different types that mm-hmm. stayed throughout the whole, whole thing. So I was kind of, a lot of the other stuff around that changed, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with that, that kind of that first thought stuck with it the whole way. Yeah, that's really cool. So then let's talk about some of the changes that happened through like either your play testing or through developing it. Sure. So at first, at first it was a much simpler game and I, I already had uh, Helena and Josh in mind because I had, I had met them. At a, at a prototyo and I had told them about the game I you know the the dinosaur game I was developing which was the bigger one I hadn't I don't think I'd even thought of fossilists then but they're like oh well, if you ever have anything show us and I was a fan of theirs like I love recreators and and um yeah and food fighters uh so at first when I was designing it I called it fossil finders because I was like oh that'll match their naming oh, convention funny. yeah <laughs> so that was the 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 prototype name for a very long time and uh but it was much more geared towards kids uh so it was again the the board and the tiles were all the same uh but it was a, a card game the way you would move it so the, each card had a number like one two or three and it had a tool like a, a brush a shovel or a or a was it a pickaxe or a, a chisel sorry a chisel so basically the brush would let you push sand the chisel would let you push stone and the shovel would let you push clay and uh yeah so it was kind of a numbers thing and that and yeah that was it was much simpler and you were still looking for the bones to get the dinosaurs um but once so i pitched that quickly to uh yeah i I think it was at breakout con i saw helena and i just told her hey i'm working on this other dinosaur game but it's a kid's game would you want to see it she's like yeah i'd love to so a few months later at prototyo i I, they played it uh i think they played it the first day and she said she loved it and the next day helena brought her kids and i was like oh this is the test now (laughs) if the the kids you're like this is the real make or break yeah this is it this is it and they loved it she's like they played it for like an hour straight she's like they never sit this long with the game so i think I think that, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, by the end of that, she's like, I think we're going to do something here, so, which was super exciting, so, and, uh, yeah, so, obviously, because, you know, Kids Table, their kind of motto is to create 
games that kids can play, but that adults, you know, the parents will love as well. Uh, we had to kind of develop it into something more, something that, again, that adults would enjoy as well, because like I said, the way it was, was basic. But I think because the hook was so strong that kind of you could build other mechanisms around it and it was still fun because of, because of that, the basic hook was fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still remember my first play test um, at Snakes and Lattes and somebody, I think, yeah, they, they pushed a tile into another tile, which fell down like to the next level, like to the first level and which, and then pushed, and then, and they continued pushing off the thing. And everyone was like, Ooh, like, I don't know if they didn't realize that you could do that kind of thing, <laughs> but that was kind of a moment where I was like, oh, okay, I think I got something here. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, um, it's definitely interesting components. I remember when I saw it on Kickstarter and I backed it, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, and I played it with like one of my friends whose little sister is obsessed with dinosaurs. And so oh, awesome. little sister really, really wanted to play, but she's like four. So oh, okay. <laughs> we were like, no, but she enjoyed helping us set it up. She shook the box. They're you like know, a little that, contraption. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely that there was definitely that toy factor in it. I think my son was four or five when I was designing it. So again, I think because the main mechanism of the of you know the tiles and the discovery of the bones is there, that um, again we were able to you know make the rules for adults, but then have a list of things like take these out, and little kids can play it, because again it's the discovery is the fun part I think, um, and yeah you could really you know go different ways with the scoring and with how to do that. I remember at first, again, going back to like developing, we, at one point I remember being kind of bummed because I was like, we had kind of lost what was fun about it at one point. And we're like, yeah. it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of player interaction. And we kind of, I think we had one day where I just went to their house and we, you know, we were there for like six hours, just like uh, iterating and stuff and ideas and, I remember I had to leave and not even like 20 minutes later, I got a call like, we figured it out. We put meeples on, on the, on the board. <laughs> and that, that was just kind of like one of those moments oh, where you're like, oh so yeah. So your prototype did... didn't have the meeples already on there? Oh, it didn't. Yeah. Like oh, I said, wow. originally it was like, like the card. It is, right? Yeah. It, like the cards were what, what drove it. And then I think at one point it was, I introduced like a, a rondelle system. Uh, and like a point system of how to move things and that that wasn't working and uh yeah we were just like it was okay but it wasn't yeah there wasn't a lot of interaction but once we put yeah meeples on the board and depending on where your paleontologist is that's what's going to determine where you can push things uh, orthogonally adjacent to you and and then you can you know push push people off and stuff like that so yeah that was a that was another big moment in, in the development of it I remember when I played it, I had very much the impression of those like old school video games where you like push the blocks around to solve puzzles. Like mm -hmm. that's what drew me in was I was just a big fan of those as like a kid. So Yeah. And that was definitely uh, one of the, my early, again, when I kind of had that first thought when my wife mentioned it, um, I don't know why I had thought of, yeah, those puzzles where like one block is missing, but you're, you're trying to put it, the picture together. Right. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I could do something with that. And that just kind of gave me the idea for like the sliding the sliding mechanism no that's so cool and so at what point did you have like the dinosaur cards with the different elements that you're trying to set collect that was from the beginning too that was that okay. was the, yeah that was always the goal of finding the bones was to you know kind of 
find different bones to get the to get those um kind of other things that were added along the way one one great meeting i had i actually met uh i actually met with uh a, a doctoral student a phd student that was working at the royal ontario museum in the in paleontology and so i i uh, i met with her for coffee one day and you know we just kind of told her about the game and it's that i needed some more kind of real ideas of what what they do and what i could you know elements thematic elements i could kind of introduce to the game and that was another big thing um the plaster came from that meeting so i was like is there a resource that we could use to kind of determine uh you know how how the players will excavate these bones uh or the fossils and yeah so because um when paleontologists you know want to move uh, a fossil from the dig site to the museum or whatever they wrap it in plaster uh, so it doesn't get damaged um and uh so that that kind of that became the the main resource of the game yeah i was gonna ask if you did much research on like what dinosaurs to put in and what elements yeah that was really tricky i had a big spreadsheet because again once uh when we when we added the the set collection um i obviously you know needed to find a balance of each type right we needed you know different uh, herbivores different carnivores avian like aquatic uh then we did quadruped and bipeds and then you know an even amount from each kind of era so yeah i had like a big spreadsheet of all possible options and then just trying to find ones that fit fit each one and that looked cool too and, and people would know so that oh. was always a, that was a fun kind of challenge and i had to leave some out that i wanted to just because they didn't fit <laughs> Or there Aww. were too many, too many of a certain kind, but I made sure to stick my favorite dinosaur in there. So I was gonna say, I feel like as the designer, that would be your number one priority is your yes. favorite dino. <laughs> yes, which is a it's a Deinonychus. Oh, okay, very yeah. cool. Why is that your favorite? Um, it was it was always just a wicked carnivore, right? Like I remember, I clearly remember having this this specific book, and it had them a bunch of them on the cover, and people might recognize them more as like these days Velociraptors, right? um i remember yeah. in the movie i think they took because actual velociraptors were like the size of like turkeys or something uh, and i remember reading for the movies they 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 made them look more like deinonychus well I, th I think there's a utah raptor that's pretty big uh but actually the actual velociraptors were small so but in the movie mm -hmm. they're pretty big so um but yeah there's no there's no velociraptor in our game but you will see deinonychus <laughs> and awesome. they say they say they had feathers now so i think i think the artist put some cool feathers on on it and actually that was a that was a funny thing that was the 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 like appling did a great job with the artwork but that one card i just i kind of wasn't crazy about the first design uh it just it looked very just like uh a very calm like bird-like creature and it, and I was like, this thing's fierce. It has teeth, and it's a carnivore. It should be. So I begged. I I I, I wasn't again. I wasn't sure about like what I could ask since it was my first uh, kind of published game. But yeah, I asked. I'm like, can we please ask for a redesign of that? It's my favorite, and and she did a great job with the with the second version. I was gonna ask, yeah, like how much input did you get as a designer working with? kids table board games it was a great first experience uh, and i'm glad I, I went with them um 
I had heard again that was it's my only experience so far. But you know, I've heard that some yeah. publishers will you know will take a game and then you you know they do whatever with it, right? And you don't really have much input. Um, but I think uh, Helena and Josh they really like to work together along with the designers the whole way uh, to make sure that you know their their game's their game. So yeah, I got to help through development the whole way. Um, obviously, it's their game, so they they had the final decisions about things. But yeah, I felt it, it, it was a great a great uh, collaboration. That's what it felt like. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we had a, we had a great time, and and I know they they do that with all all their designers, which is which is awesome. So then, how long do you think it went from inspiration to the publication of the game? So I think I I prototyped it myself for maybe like five six months before they looked at it and then signed it and then we developed it for about a year before it got on kickstarter and then and then yeah we did a bit after kickstarter um uh with some of the kind of uh expansions we had we had uh come up with uh to add to it for stretch goals and stuff like that uh which was fun because i had a lot of ideas for them but we hadn't fleshed them out completely um and then uh, some of them we did and some of them i think they were we were very surprised at how fast it uh you know uh it it uh what's it called it funded and it just kept going so we're like wow okay we got <laughs> we got to work on some of these now oh boy so, yeah <laughs> which was so great funny. yeah oh it was fun yeah but that's where like uh yeah we had like the little like um ice age expansion so we got to do a whole set of like ice age animals for it um, a little like scorpion thing that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, the stuff we added. I always find it interesting because now I've worked for a few different companies or I've like done consulting work. But the amount of companies that do Kickstarters that just have general ideas of stretch goals, but not actually the stretch goals completely baked, is mm. almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I no, feel like no. a lot of backers don't know that. They're like, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> they totally built all this in. But a lot of times it's more just like, holy crap, we need like additional stretch goals because just people are keep like giving us money and we need more things to unveil. It's so funny. Yeah, because I th- well, I think you know, for them, I think Recreated was the one before me. I think did maybe sixty something thousand Canadian, and and yeah, Fossilus I think did that in a day or something. So <laughs> I, wow, I, I, I yeah, it went it went a lot faster than than we all expected. So, which is a great problem to have. Oh, but, that's uh, awesome. yeah. So yeah, we definitely had to flesh out some of the ones that I had ideas about already. And then, uh, yeah, we added some fun things, right? Like the, we thought about, oh, make your own card. You know, you can design your own dinosaur and stuff like that with the stickers. That was a fun one that I think we thought of on the fly. Um, and the, and then the solo mode was a separate thing. That was actually designed uh, by John Albertson and David Turchi. So that was a that was a cool addition for me too because when I got the game, I actually, I think that's the only solo mode I've ever played in a game really. And it kind of made, it made my own game feel new to me. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I'm not normally a solo gamer. Like the reason I like board games so much is from playing with other people. Same here. Social aspect. Yeah. But I definitely saw like because of COVID, a push to add solo modes to Mm -hmm. so many games, which I mean, some are better than others. But that is kind of cool though, for you to like be surprised by your own design. Yeah, it was really yeah. The, what 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 they came up with, um, kind of. Uh, there's a paleontologist people that that 
basically walks around the board and whatever let me see if i remember yeah whatever like uh then they have an order of operations kind of thing and and an order of what dinosaurs they're trying to go for so they're, they're basically just trying to mess you up the whole time so you can kind of a you know once you learn it you can try and anticipate what they're going to do but they're always going to move to a certain location and then push that row off so yeah you're never quite sure what's going to happen that's so interesting okay so then like how is the game doing now that it's been out it's been great it's a real steady seller for them and i i was i was really surprised that uh the one thing i was very not well yeah i was upset about was it came out during covid right yep. just, it just mm-hmm. so happened that it, it came out at the end of uh 2020 beginning of 2021 so it, it never got a convention debut it never I, I i didn't get to participate in all that like you know building the hype for it you know yeah. seeing it at conventions demoing it to people like i was super excited about that <laughs> process and i missed it all so i was yeah always really bummed about that uh but yeah since kind of conventions came back it's it's still it sells really well i, I was at origins and you know i'd stop i'd stop at the booth every once in a while and yeah by i think second day it was almost sold out and yeah by sunday it was gone i don't think i had any copies so it's still uh yeah it's still a good seller and i i think i'm not positive when but yeah i'm pretty sure we're they're going to be doing another printing at some point either this year or next year honestly as a first design that is a huge win so congratulations on that even though you didn't get to do the con circuit yeah 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 i keep i keep uh i keep poking at uh, at sean and them because i don't have because it never had a con convention it doesn't there's no banner like all the other games have like oh, their, yeah. their big banners and stuff so i keep joking with them i was like all right we need a giant inflatable t-rex head <laughs> let's make that happen get the t-rex <laughs> suit i love those suits are so funny <laughs> oh the suit yeah yeah yes. yeah but i'm just always thinking you know some of the, the bigger you know they have the big inflatable things like hanging from the ceiling i was like come on a huge t-rex head that looks like the one from the cover people would flock to it <laughs> that would be super duper cool okay well then here so what would be your favorite and your least favorite experience about this whole design i feel like maybe that could be one of them but maybe you have other um yeah, I mean, I think my my favorite was just seeing, you know, well, I guess there, there's two sides of coin, how well it was received by a lot of people and how, yeah. you know, I see pictures of families playing and telling me how, how much their kids love the game and all that. And then there's the opposite side of people, you know, saying how it's terrible and it's unbalanced and, you know. <laughs> uh, so, Are you someone but, who reads the BGG ratings? I, not, not really, but... Um, my son, uh, my teenage son, he he was keeping track of it for a while, and every day he'd be like, "Dad, it's up, it's up to this number, it's up to this number." Well, you got a one. <laughs> he'd he'd oh, he geez. would re- he would report all the time. And I, again, I'm like, like I'm I know there's you know there's a game with the, like there's a game for everyone, and but not every game's for everyone, right? Um, for sure. So. Yeah, I don't mind. Like, yeah, I'm not. There's going to be the, the people who love it and the people who don't like it, and that's totally fine by me. Like, obviously, too, like, seeing it and 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 getting that feedback and after so many people play it, now there's certain things I would love to go back and kind of fix. Uh, not fix, per se, but just, like, yeah, adjust, uh, like, balancing uh, and the scoring and stuff like that because, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, especially as a first-time designer, it, it, there's a learning curve, right? And you kind of see that stuff after so 
For sure. And I mean, hey, next print run, you always make tweaks yeah. in between. So. Yeah, there might be, might be a, a, like if, yeah, if we do like a second edition. Yeah. That'd, exactly. that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, because I have I have ideas and and they'd be they'd be simple, but uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. Very cool. Okay, so then if you could offer a piece of advice for other designers, what would your advice be from your experience with this game? Oh my goodness, advice for other designers. I think a lot of you know going through you know I've had other prototypes and, and one unfortunate side effect of having my, my business now of, of doing board game trailers is I I've have not had time to design in like three years. Um, uh, but, you know, going back to when I was play testing a lot, um, I think I was, you know, uh, I think it was Sen that early on when I started that he did a talk and he said, you know, that's when I learned the, the saying, find the fun in the game. And I've always gravitated to that. So again, I think, when I found the fun of Fossilis, which was the discovery and pushing the bones off. Like if you're a designer and you, you find that in your game, stick with that. And, you know, you always might get pushed back for certain things, but if, if you're sure that that's the core of the game, like keep it and then work around that and everything you add to it should kind of, you know, make that part even better. Right. Cause I think a lot of times we want to like, Oh, look at all these cool, mechanisms I can add to it and stuff but some of them might distract from that focus um so yeah I remember that was like something I, I kept thinking about when we were developing when we were developing Fossilus that's why at one point I was like we lost it somewhere we lost something <laughs> we need to find it again oh my god I've definitely gone through that before though where I was designing a game and then developers or play testers like push it so far in a direction mm-hmm. that just yeah. like, this isn't mine anymore like yeah. this but it's like, it's okay if you have a developer that makes your game better in the way that it doesn't feel as much like your own. Sure. But in that case, I had it very much like you, where I just ended up rebooting essentially my game. Yeah. It's like, this isn't where it needs to be. We're going to reboot. And now it's so much better. <laughs> yeah. And, and then also it's like, if you know your audience for the game, then try and play test with that audience. Because if you have an audience, if you have play testers that it's just not their game, then you're not going to get the right kind of feedback you need, right? Because they're going to try and oh, make yeah. it a game they like. Whereas, you know, you want to make it a game that, you know, who you're focusing on is going to like. Yeah, I try to take my friends that are like not gamers and have them play test a lot of my designs since most of what I make is like strategy or like party games. So it's the person who's going to start by playing Ticket to Ride like you did. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah. want them to be like I kind of around that level. Like a lot of them haven't even heard of what wingspan is. And so for me, like they are good play testers. But yeah, of course, I also want to play test with other designers because they're going to see stuff that I don't see. But I try to make games more for like the average family that walks into a Target more yeah. so than the person who is going to a game cafe every week for a meetup. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, but I mean, I like all kinds of games personally, but then for my design abilities, that's more what I go for. But do you have any designs that people should be looking out for or just like tell anyone about your Mesa Game Lab? Sure. I mean, like design-wise, I st- I keep telling myself, all right, at some point I'm going to have a free some free from free time like uh where I'm not like working on five different videos and I can go back to, to some designing. Cause I'd love to go back to primal ordinance was the one I was talking about where it's like yeah. cybernetically enhanced weaponized dinosaurs. 
you know, on a map and you're, you're fighting each other. It has a really cool mechanism that uh, it's like a, a targeting system. It's like a, a, I added like a magnetic board and each dinosaur has like their head, their torso, the tail, their weapon and their, their legs or something. And uh, each, when you're attacking uh, another player, you're using the magnetic board and these magnetic tokens to kind of put uh, your your bullets or your attacks onto certain areas. And then the person defending is putting their shield tokens in different areas. And depending on where you get successfully hit, you're getting different bonuses, right? So if you don't want to lose health or you might want to, you know, uh, defend your head, if you don't want to lose your weapon, you might want to defend that kind of thing. If you don't want to lose movement, defend your legs kind of thing. And I think there's something there that was always the best part, but I'd love to get back into that. And another one I really liked that I was working on is called the super. Um, and it's about, uh, you're like the superintendent of a building, uh, full of superheroes. And it's kind of like their, their layer. So you're trying to like build their, their base of operations. And then there's like a city board where your heroes are going out and, you know, uh, stopping crimes and fighting villains. That's cute. I like it. Yeah. Interesting take on superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was, that one came from the name. I was like the super. What, what what kind of game could that be? <laughs> That's okay. I actually won in high school a 10-minute playwriting contest in Arizona. And the the title of it was Comical. And it was about three washed-up superheroes at a bar. And I, of course, wrote this as a high schooler, which I uh-huh. found very funny since I could not go in bars. Uh-huh. But very punny. And, yeah, I enjoyed it. But... Nice. I, I totally like going off of a name. Like that was the yeah. name, and then came the story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. You know, some people ask, oh, "What comes first, theme or mechanism?" So I think it can be both. Well, whereas Fossilus, it was mechanism first. Like I thought of. Yeah. Oh no, I guess that that was right up. No, I guess the theme came first. If if my wife was like, "Yeah, you should make one about paleontology," but like immediately I thought of the mechanism. So that just kind of worked hand in hand, which was a good, which is a good way too. If you yeah. can find a mechanism that really kind of fits the theme. Whereas, you know, there's obviously games where you can you can kind of go with anything, like more abstract games. But yeah, Fossilus was definitely designed with a theme in mind. I like and, that. Um, yeah, as far as Mesa. So actually that that grew out of kind of the Fossilus Kickstarter campaign. Um, I offered you know, my services to Elaine and Josh, I, I wanted to, do the, I would have loved to do the video, but they had already hired someone. So I said, well, I'll, I'll just do some animated GIFs. Um, so I, I did those and I got a lot of good feedback and, you know, people started asking me to do them for them. And then I started doing the videos and it kind of became a, a side gig for about a year. And then the second year it was like, I had two full-time jobs. I was still working at a visual effects studio and then doing this at night. And then it got so busy that, uh, you know, finally about 2020, February 2022, I was like, all right, one, one's got to go. I either can't do my VFX job anymore or I got to give up the board game thing. And uh, yeah, I, I gave up the, the VFX. So, and I'm happy I did. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, it was not I was a... like, you have a family and you're working too full. Yeah, good call on giving up something. Yeah, that, that year was very, very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, I believe it. Jeez. I mean, I'm still very busy. You kind of think, oh, I'm going to be my own boss. Be my, you know, 
uh, get to take off a lot of time. Yeah, I make my own hours, but really you're like, <laughs> I need to hold myself accountable. I have to do all this crappy business stuff. And yeah, no. Yes, yes. You don't think about all the administrative stuff mm-hmm. and all, and all the emails. And, no, I hate that part. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I just want to make videos. But yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that I I love that I could kind of combine my the the passion I have or the hobby I have a passion for with my job. So and that I again, yeah. I am my own boss, and really, I'm only I've only usually got the client telling me what to do. Whereas, in you know, as an animator and on like a TV show, you've got you know like five people above you. You, you know, you got your senior, your 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 lead animator, and then the the animation director, and then the show director, and then the then like the the producers, and yeah, it's like <laughs> so. Yeah, it's nice to kind of see my vision on the screen versus other people's oh that's so cool every time i've thought about like taking the leap and doing full-time like freelance and like starting my own business i just immediately like oh no i'm just gonna continue (laughs) to do all these side gigs till it kills me so good on you that's awesome i mean it's definitely yeah well (laughs) thank you yeah it's nerve-wracking obviously because you're you know you're in charge of getting your own work Mm mm-hmm so yeah, there have been times where I'm like, I have got nothing in like two months. What am I gonna do? But then all of a sudden, you're way too busy. So yep, always comes in waves. Yeah, no, it it, it does. But it's always the summer too. I'm always like, last summer was crazy. This and it's obviously because of convention season, right? Like, yeah, publishers want want the videos for the kickstarters that are coming out around Gen Con mm-hmm. and and all that and. But yeah, I'm like, this is the time I don't want to work. I know. Yeah, or they want to get stuff ready before they're like back to school or yeah. before Christmas. Yeah. There's just like, yeah, there's times that are more busy than others. I feel like my January, February, March is always yep. this like beautiful, calming nothingness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for it's me, like it's crap like, yeah. weather. <laughs> yeah, December and January are definitely usually the slower two months of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well then, hey, let's switch over to my last question, which is sure. completely unrelated to anything you've designed. But if you could have been the designer of a game, what game would you have chosen? It would have to be my favorite game, uh, role player. Okay. I actually haven't played that. Okay. How, how do you play it? So role player is kind of the, the theme is like a Dungeons and Dragons type theme. And you're, you're creating a character through the game. Uh, but what I love about it is, uh, like, an early game I played that I loved is Sagrada. Um, there's obviously that, that dice uh, drafting and, and rolling and, and the puzzle of it. And Roleplayer has something similar uh, where for all, like, your 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 stats for your character, uh, there's three dice for each. And you, depending on a certain card you get, you want each row to add up to a certain amount or within a certain value. Um, you also have uh, your... Um, like uh, oh, like your alignment, uh, certain cards you get will change your alignment, like up, down, left, or right, and you you'll want it in a certain spot uh, to get a certain amount of points. And then you also have uh, another card that tells you in each row, uh, one spot of the three rows has a color, and you want that color dice to be in that. And I always love games with like just different ways to score points. Uh, so that kind of scratches that itch for me, and I love dice drafting, and you're 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 drafting dice in that one as well, and then the puzzle aspect of oh where do I put these dice, and and each time you you place one in a row, uh, so there's like the strength and your constitution and your charisma, each one has a certain power that that you get to use when you place it there, 
So you might be able to like, you know, raise, raise the value of a die or flip one or swap the places of, of two of them. And I always loved, cool. I always loved the game. And the one thing I thought it was missing was, uh, what to do. Like, I want to do something with this character I'm creating. Cause you're also getting cards. You can get like, uh, weapons and armor and skills and traits, and they all give you points in different ways too. Uh, but then, you know, you had this awesome character, but I was like, I want to do something. And then they added the monsters and minions expansion, uh, which added like a boss monster at the end of the game and minions throughout the game. So during the market phase, you can usually just buy a card, but now you can, instead of buying a card, you can fight a minion and minions will give you X, uh, XP. And then at the end of the game, uh, you can use your XP to kind of uh, get more combat dice. And then things you do during the game will give you a certain, uh, so you're trying to build your combat dice pool and then you roll that. And depending on what you roll, that's how well you, you fight the monster. And that also will give you points depending on how much you damage it. Oh, it sounds very interesting. I was never like a huge RPG person, mm -hmm. but I feel like I would definitely want to check this out mostly for like the character build. That sounds cool. Yeah, because well, that, that, it's funny you said that too, because I was never an RPG person either. I would always kind of see everybody playing D&D &D and think like, oh, it's just like an avenue of nerddom I have not entered yet. <laughs> You're like, I'm I, a nerd, but I'm uh, not that nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to. I was like, I want to be. <laughs> I want to try it. And then finally, if, like a few years back, uh, I tried uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Kids on bikes. Ah, uh, uh, yep. And I loved it, and that was super fun. And then when the pandemic hit, um, at work I would kind of host a, like a game lunch, uh, like once or twice a week. I'd just bring in games and we'd we'd play at lunchtime. And um, uh, when the pandemic hit and we had to start working from home, one of the guys said, "I, I, I DM, like, would you guys want to try you know D and D on the you know online." Uh, and we did so we we got a party together and I, we've been doing it for three years and i love it so Aww, that's awesome. so and i actually used i played role player to create my character that i've been playing for three years oh that's so awesome it's amazing <laughs> that you were able to combine the games that's, yeah well that's, that's yeah super cool and now they designed you know i think it was last year the year before role player adventures where it's actually a whole huge campaign where where you can you can play a role player, create a character, and import it into the game, or they just have like pre-gen characters. But now you have like a whole story that you can play uh, in the role player universe. Sounds like they're progressing their line very well. Yeah, yeah, they have very a lot. Well I think I think on Kickstarter right now it's Stone Spire Architects, which is in that role player universe. So I'm excited for that one. I'll definitely have to check it out then when I'm done with this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a great game. Next time, uh, next time we're at a con together, we should play it. Oof. Okay. Let's be honest. I never play games at conventions. Oh no! Come way on. Way too busy. <laughs> but if you wait, if you go to QsCon, you can catch. Yes. it. I will actually play games there. So okay. Well, there I'm, we I'm planning play. on I'm planning on being there, so I'll bring it. Perfect. Okay. Then right. yes, we're playing this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. QsCon is a. You have to play games at QsCon. I know, yeah. It's like one of the only conventions I actually get to play games. No, it's true. You're right. Like yeah. I, I, I brought, I don't know, 10 games with me to Origins, and I think I played what? two of them. Yeah, I only brought yeah. prototypes I was pitching to Origins. There was there no go. way I was going to play anything that was yeah. published unless yeah. I was demoing it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, well, I always, you, you always have great, in, I always have the best of intentions. I'm going to, and it's the same with like game nights. People will come over, I'm like, I'm like I got all these games we're going to play, and we play two of them. <laughs> yep yeah i learned like four games and we play hopefully two yeah exactly <laughs> yep 
Oh, all right. Well, thanks again for you and also everyone listening to this episode. Uh, this was episode 70, Fossilis. And thanks again, David, for joining us. For anyone trying to find you, though, or your like animation studio, where can you be reached? Yeah, go to mesagamelab.com and I'm at Mesa Game Lab on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Sweet. And then I'm Danielle Reynolds, your host. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter under the name Token Gamer, and that's G-A-Y-M-E-R. I post a lot on my Instagram story if you ever want to see what my design process is or see how cute my cats are or my random travels. So definitely check it out. But thanks again. And also, I do have a quick question. Yeah. Unrelated. How did you come up with the name Mesa Game Lab? Okay. Well, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm Hispanic. Well, my mother's Colombian and my father's Cuban, uh, but I was born in the U.S., uh, but mesa in Spanish means table. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I just I was like table me- mesa. Table yeah. Table. So I wanted to kind of incorporate the Spanish into it, and um, yeah, game lab. I don't really know why. Where? Why not? Okay. That's kind of that, that kind of I don't know why. I just thought it sounded good. <laughs> Sounds good. I was just curious. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show and telling Thank me. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks again. Thank you for joining Danielle for another episode of Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication. If you'd like to hear more great gaming podcasts, check out nodirectionpodcast.com. And if you're looking for a great board game, bag, playmat, or gaming table, check out All Play at letsallplay.com. Join us next time.